0: And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. And we're we are now live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC. We we are now live, uh, broadcasting from NGC Studios here in uh, Southern Florida. Sorry for the little uh, pause there. I, uh, I had to pause the video in the live stream for the chat. In any case, it's uh great to be back here, folks. I'm Sam Whitfield, your host. And as always, we're here on Saturday night for the Whitfield Report. And you can reach the show via the following methods. As always, you can... Follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore NDC on Twitter. Hashtag Whitfield Report. You can follow me on Gab at Sam Whitfield. You can follow me on Instagram at Sam W underscore dc Hashtag Whitfield Report. Although I don't post many uh, political uh, posts on Instagram. But still, you can follow me there if you... Uh, are so inclined to follow more of my non political posts. You can uh, find me on Facebook uh, by going to facebook.com forward slash footfield report and liking the page there. And then finally, for all other uh, ways of reaching out to me, you can reach out to me directly over on my website at thesamfootfield.com. And as always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and please uh, give us a nice rating over there. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, a lot uh, to cover on the on the uh, front of the news uh, tonight. A lot of stuff happened this weekend that is important for covering. Uh, real quick, before we get into the news, I made an announcement uh, at the end of last week that Christian Blatt from the uh, Dennis Miller option would be uh, joining me on the show this evening. And uh, unfortunately, Christian was not able to join us uh, tonight. He had other obligations. Uh, Dennis Miller is getting ready to hit the road uh, to make his new, to actually uh, do the filming of his new Stand-up special, his ninth one, and so Christian is busy helping him out here, so, uh, we're, uh, so Christian and I are talking about when to reschedule the, uh, interview, and we may do at the end of the month, although I'll be leaving, um, at the end of the month I'll be going on vacation, uh, at the end of June and into July, so we may be doing the interview, uh, After I get back uh, in early July. But for this week, uh, we're covering uh, just some more of the topics of the world. And and the big news of the world right now is, uh, you know, President Trump in North Korea. Now, this was, in my opinion, this was a big uh, win for the United States. Hence the title of tonight's episode, President Trump can't stop winning. For uh, several decades, we've tried to... We've attempted uh, to sit down with the North Koreans and uh, make some progress towards denuclearization and... In the past 30 to 40 plus years, we have never been successful as a country in doing so. Uh, In fact, some might argue that under previous administration, those tensions have been uh, exacerbated. Um, So... President Trump went to North Korea this past week and met with uh, Kim Jong-un, which a lot of uh, skeptics on both the never-Trump conservative side as well as the uh, left and the mainstream media, they all said it couldn't be done, ladies and gentlemen, and yet he already is in the process, he started the process of meeting with Kim Jong-un and discussing, uh, terms for denuclearization, which in my mind is a win, just the fact he was able to start, uh, this, and, uh, this is a big win for us, in my opinion. Now, uh, let me start this by showing... A clip, just a, a, a brief summary from from Fox News of the uh, North Korean summit and meeting. There are a couple other clips that are, uh, you know, thirty minutes long. But you don't need to see the whole summit. You just, I just want to show the highlights, the best of, and uh, they should give a, a pretty good uh, dealing of what went on. So, uh, cut number one. Let's, uh, let's play the clip.
1: Successful. It's my honor, and uh, we
2: will have a terrific relationship, I have no doubt. Well, it was not easy to get here.
0: The past uh, work as fetters on our wings, and uh, the uh, old prejudices and practices. Uh, worked as obstacles on our way forward, but we overcame all of them and we are here today. That's true. Yeah. What Okay folks, so for those of you who were listening on the audio podcast, uh, many of you, uh, well obviously if you're listening to the audio podcast you couldn't see uh, the visual part of that. Basically, the summit consisted of them uh, having lunch and then they had discussions about uh, denuclearization multiple sessions uh and one key moment that happened there is kim said he was uh willing to listen to president trump and work with him on denuclearization and trump basically said the same uh to him uh regarding that they were willing to listen to each other and forge a new path forward. And uh, this is significant because I said at the beginning of the show a few minutes ago, we have never had this type of progress, at least to my knowledge. Certainly not in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, even even in my parents' lifetime, I, I asked them. we have We have never had... An open dialogue with a leader from North Korea. Uh, it was also revealed that Kim Jong uh, got rid of three of his uh, lieutenants who were basically running the country. Now, whether or not he, uh, you know, just fired them or actually, you know, fired them, that remains uh, to be seen. Like I said, the fact that we're having dialogue with with Korea is huge. I don't really know what the intentions of Kim Jong are, and I'm and I'm not really sure anyone one does at this point for sure. It's uh, still a little murky, to say the least, but. From the way he's behaving, uh, at least from what we've seen in the summits, it seems like he's willing to d- to discuss things. And it's funny. In the clip with uh, Trump, Trump is looking very uh, confident, very sure of himself. He's all business. Uh, Kim looks like the looks like the perver- the proverbial uh you know new kid at school who's fat and obese and doesn't really know where to sit and he's sitting there but he's not really sure what to expect uh, and that's you know if you're listening to the audio podcast that that's basically how um you know he looks he looked throughout that entire, clip. So that leads me to ask, ask this. Right? For years, we've heard that North Korea was a horrible. We've heard that they're... Uh, that the uh, Kim dynasty or regime or whatever you want to call them. We've heard that the Kim family is horrible. That, you know, they're pretty close to, not, to Nazi-esque. And that they're crazy and that they're insane. And based on the history with the father and, uh, grandfather, with, uh, you know, Kim Jun's, uh, father and grandfather, there's pretty substantial evidence, you know, based on the past to suggest that that was true. Um, I remember when, uh, when uh, Kim Jong, uh, when the uh, when the father whose name oh yeah when Kim Jong Il uh, passed away, I remember hearing uh, reports saying that uh, the son was just as much of a psychopath as his father. That was the premise of what the mainstream media was basically saying. When uh, Kim Jong il died, that his father was just as, uh, that his son was as, just as tyrannical, just as horrible, and that the son, uh, you know, may lead us into nuclear war with North Korea. And yet, based on the summit, so far, this does not appear to be the case. Now, am I saying that this kid, uh, you know, is is a good guy and he wants to be a humanitarian? Well, the answer that to that question is, I'm not sure yet, and I don't think anyone can be sure for for soon. But I do know this: the mainstream media said that Trump. Uh, was uh, a that job and that he was evil and demonic and, uh, you know, that, that Trump was going to basically lead us into all-out all out nuclear war. And yet, by what I, by my estimation, Trump is one of the strongest presidents, if not the strongest president in my lifetime. And, uh... You know we've talked about that too. How he's been, how Trump has been good on the domestic front, and in terms of foreign policy, he's making major progress. He defeated ISIS, and now we're having talks with North Korea. So if the mainstream media is willing to uh, lambast our own president and make him look... ...like a bad guy... ...then wouldn't they do the same with... uh, ...our foreign... ...with foreign leaders... ...in other countries who the U.S. might not have been... uh, ...favorable toward in the past... ...now don't get me wrong... ...I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that... ...Kim... ...is a great guy... The truth is, we don't know yet. But it's hard for me to believe the media when they say that Kim Jong-un is worse than his uh, father. It's hard for me to believe that statement from the media when clearly he was willing to sit down with the president and also uh, talk about the possibility of ...denuclearization. Um... ...and that's a... ...that's a perspective on the, uh... ...Kim situation that... ...and the situation with North Korea... ...that... ...you want ...that you really want not hear anywhere else. Okay? I haven't heard anyone else... ...in the media... ...say that perhaps... ...even in conservative media say that perhaps the mainstream media is lying about North Korea. I I haven't heard that yet. But like I said it makes sense that um you know they wouldn't be inclined to say, well, we don't actually know much about Kim Jong, and maybe he's a uh, maybe he's not as bad as we thought he was. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my opening premise on Kim Jong, uh, basically. Uh, Okay, let me read one of the comments here. By the way, if you're uh, watching us live on YouTube, you can chime in and and, uh, join the comments section. Whenever the show starts, you can uh, chime in with your YouTube account and participate with the other members of Sam's Savages live on the field Report and make your comments. So uh, MJF, Artistic Designs, one of our regular listeners, says it could be that he was young and basically, as far as military... Run everything, and now he wants to change things, or he's a long piece of scum and wants to screw us. Right, you are, right, you are. I mean, it could be, it could be either one of those things. The point I'm getting at with that is that the never Trump, uh, con- contingency of the conservative movement has already called uh Trump never never uh they well they basically called called Trump uh, Neville Chamberlain and uh Chamberlain for those of you who might not remember uh is was basically the British uh foreign diplomat who met with uh Hitler in 1939 signed a document and proclaimed peace in our time and then Hitler went ahead and bombed uh, England anyway. Now, I will explain why I think that premise from the Never Trump movement is false. Um, Obviously, I think that's the Never Trump movement just continuing to be uh, Never Trump and being antithetical to Trump. I think they're still bugged that Trump is the president of the United States and... Well, they're going to do whatever they can to suggest that Trump's brand of conservatism is hurting the country, and uh, you know, even if that means making up lies about what Trump is doing in Korea, which, in my opinion, is what they're what they're doing. And it's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty clear to see that at this point, the Never Trump movement is just. Going to try and use the North Korea situation to smear, uh, Trump. But anyway, let's, uh, let's go ahead and continue on with this. Now, one of the things that the, uh, that the mainstream media was flipping out about this week in regards to Trump's summit was, I guess, that Trump showed up to North Korea and Reportedly, he played, uh, this intro video for Kim uh, Jong-un, and he played this, uh, video to the press as well, and the press has labeled this video as a movie trailer, uh, event for the summit, and the media was criticizing Trump for saying, oh well, you know, he just made a movie trailer and he doesn't actually take this seriously and uh you know, how how could he how could he do this? This is no time to play a, a movie trailer. Well, uh, you know, as far as as far as uh quote unquote movie trailers go, I don't know, this is pretty underwhelming. But I do think that this quote-unquote video, uh, this trailer, is actually uh, made not so much for the North Koreans as the media likes to spin it, but more for the press here in America. But the media, I think, has tried spinning this around to make it seem like the movie trailer was for Korea. I don't know. I have. I have the trailer here, so I'll I'll play it for you guys uh, in the video. And for those of you listening to the audio podcast, uh, a lot of this is with audio, so um, if you're listening in the car or on your earbuds or wherever, you'll still be able to get a pretty good uh, glimpse of what this trailer is about. But uh, as always, you can go back later and rewatch the YouTube archive. But anyway, here is... The uh, quote-unquote movie trailer uh, that the White House put out in regards to the, to the summit, uh, which it's not as epic as I thought as I thought it would be, as the media describes it, but it's uh, it's decent. So cut number two,
2: go. Seven billion people inhabit planet Earth. Of those alive today, only a small number will leave a lasting impact. And only the very few will make decisions or take actions that renew their homeland and change the course of history. History may appear to repeat itself for generations. Cycles that never seem to end. There have been times of relative peace and times of great tension. While this cycle repeats, the light of prosperity and innovation has burned bright for most of the world. History is always evolving, and there comes a time when only a few are called upon to make a difference. But the question is, what difference will the few make? The past doesn't have to be the future. Out of the darkness can come the light, and the light of hope. And burn bright. What if a people that share a common and rich heritage can find a common future? Their story is well known, but what will be their sequel? Destiny Pictures presents a story of opportunity, a new story a new beginning one of peace two men two leaders one destiny a story about a special moment in time when a man is presented with one chance that may never be repeated what will he choose to show vision and leadership or not There can only be two results, one of moving back, or one of moving forward. A new world can begin today, one of friendship, respect, and goodwill. Be part of that world where the doors of opportunity are ready to be open. Investment from around the world, where you can have medical breakthroughs, an abundance of resources, innovative technology, and new discoveries. What if can history be changed? Will the world embrace this change? And when could this moment in history begin? It comes down to a choice. On this day, in this time, at this moment, the world will be watching, listening, anticipating, hoping. Will this leader choose to advance his country and be part of a new world? Be the hero of his people? Will he shake the hand of peace? and enjoy prosperity like he has never seen a great life or more isolation Which path will be chosen? Featuring President Donald Trump and Chairman Kim Jong Un in a meeting to remake history to shine in the sun one moment, one choice what if the future remains to be written
0: all right so that was the uh quote unquote movie trailer uh played for uh i guess uh prime minister uh Kim Jong Un, or I, I don't, I don't know what his title over, over there is. Uh, Gabe said that the dialogue is terrible and that uh, we should have just had the Danger Zone meme him into submission. Uh, I, I agree. Um, that trailer wasn't as epic as. I thought, as the media made it out to be, it didn't really even, it didn't even really seem to be more. To me, it seemed more of like an infomercial than anything. It it seemed like an infomercial trying to be a movie trailer, but they didn't really, uh... you know, they didn't really succeed on either either front. They should have had a, you know, if, if they wanted a movie trailer, they should have hired a. They should have called up the, up the Danger Zone and had uh, our our boy Serio uh, do the movie trailer. Uh, he Serio he, actually did a trailer for the uh, the Danger Zone, which is one of the other YouTube uh, channels slash networks I am affiliated with. And uh, well, our boy Serio did a much better job, but uh, I don't think that that trailer was. Um, was uh, was as bad as me, the media made it out to be. If anything, I thought that 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 trail trailer was tame. But also, do you guys honestly think? And I'm asking, I'm asking this to the audience and to the chat. And this is partially re- rhetorical too. I understand. But do you guys really think that was made for the Koreans, or or do you think it was made more for the Western uh, press and the Western media? I I I personally think it was more for the the Western world and those who were skeptical about this, uh, this summit even accomplishing anything, uh, but that's just my, you know, again, that's my take on it, and, uh, you know, if, if your complaint is going to be, uh, you know, that the, that it was inappropriate for, uh, you know, Trump to make a, a movie trailer, trailer about this, hmm, well, you're running out of things to complain about, like I, like I said, uh, you know, if anything, my complaint would be that, the, the trailer sucked, that would have been my, that would have been my complaint, was that, you know, for, for the, for the money that the White House, uh, you know, and I, I, I I, I do like to praise Trump um, when he gets things right, but honestly, I I would say that my my only criticism of Trump with uh, the North Korea summit so far would be that movie trailer, and it's not the fact that the movie trailer was made, it's that the movie trailer was made poorly, in my opinion. And they they probably they probably spent like a you know close to ten grand or something like that from a professional uh, production company. Uh, you know, where like I said, Trump could have given Serio of the Danger Zone that ten grand, and he could have we could have come out with a with a much better trailer for, for the North Korean, Korean so In fact, that might be a future DZ project. We, we should actually come out with... We should actually do, like, a trailer for maybe the North Korean summer, And, I don't know, we could have we could have John Neary, like, shooting basketballs or, you know, something like, like that. Um... Well, I mean, like I said, it wasn't horrible, but it was, it was cheesy, exactly. You're right about that, DZ. And I'm, uh, it's, it's weird, it's weird whenever we have the, the DZ in the comment because the DZ is a collective. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that that's either you, Josh, or you, uh, Brian, who, uh, is, uh, running that account, but either way, so, like I said, the movie trailer, eh, was it bad? No. Was it cheesy? Yes. Is it really part of the, uh, you know, is it really part of the, uh, you know, big story here, or should it be? No. But what? But what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Uh, you know, this is the age of fake news when the media likes to make a big deal out of everything. Like I said, the the trailer's shoddy quality, you know, is my biggest complaint. Um, hey, now we have two. Now we have two Brian's uh, in the, in the chat, and. Uh, Yeah, so also, uh, welcome to the mod to the uh to the DZ account. So you now moderate my uh, you now moderate my channel under both uh accounts now because that's how that's how cool you are. But uh, anyway, like I said trailer was, uh, cheesy, but, you know, I think so far that's, that's the worst part of it. Um, there was one other clip, uh, regarding the, uh, North Korea thing. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, Let me let me let me see where it is in the playlist. Oh, okay. Um, I've got it. So, going back to the uh, I mentioned earlier that the Never Trump uh, contingency of the conservative movement uh, was freaking out over. Uh, Trump's meeting with North Korea. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more uh, a bit a bit later here in the program with two articles from National Review that I read that I think totally blow, blow this out of proportion. But I do want to take a moment to also uh, critique one of uh, someone I admire, in the conservative movement, for the most part, but who I also had problems with in the uh, during the election, and that of course would be uh, Ben Shapiro. Now, for those of you who are longtime listeners uh, of mine, you know that uh, I interviewed Shapiro on my old uh, podcast, the Whitfield Analysis. For the most part, I have the most respect for. Shapiro. Uh but in this case, I disagree with him yet again on President Trump. Uh, ben, you really, uh, you really were starting to uh, revive my uh, faith in you over the past couple weeks. You've been giving uh, Trump credit where credit is due, and uh, Ben was. I I really thought Ben was starting to get on the Trump train and see the light. He wasn't... He wasn't on the Never Trump train. He was starting to get off the uh, Never Trump bandwagon, which is a bandwagon to nowhere. But, uh... Ben criticized the North Korean summit uh, earlier this week. And there were lots of conservatives who... uh, took major issue with his remarks I also have issues with what Shapiro said regarding uh, North Korea I don't I don't think what he said was that bad compared to what some people on Twitter were saying but uh, I don't think Ben necessarily understands what, what happened in North Korea either So this is uh, Ben Shapiro's reaction to Trump's summit with North Korea. Uh, Cut number three, go. And this is from local uh, KRLA news, too. This is not the Ben Shapiro show. So uh, cut number three, go.
1: Thank
2: you. For the Trump administration, it's been a whirlwind week with two huge foreign affairs stories dominating
1: the week. Yeah, from the contentious G7 meeting over the weekend to last night's historic summit with Kim Jong-un, joining us from his L.A. studios is the editor-in-chief of The Daily Wire, political commentator Ben Shapiro. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Doing okay. How are you? Okay, so let's start off with this. Trump has said, you know, in this summit, he's ready to start a new history. They called the talks honest, direct, and productive. But you're a little skeptical Skeptical of the summit. Why? I'm deeply skeptical of the summit because nothing was actually achieved. Now, normally, if you're going to have the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, meet with a tin pot dictator who keeps 25 million people in a giant slave state and 200,000 people in gulags, you'd assume that at least we get some sort of policy win out of it before he actually sits down with the guy. It is a privilege to sit with the president of the United States. It is a privilege to have your flag flown alongside the flag of the United States. I think that... To to really understand how bad this is, you have to imagine that the the flags that North Korea was flying next to the American flags, those were swastikas, because this is a Nazi slave state. And the the juxtaposition, unless you're going to get some sort of real policy consideration out of it, it's a win for Kim Jong-un, and I don't see how it could be anything otherwise. Now, with that said, it's quite...
0: Okay, now I have to pause there because that is the part of this uh, that a lot of people are taking issue with Ben on, and I I have to say that I think for the most part, the conservatives who are having issues with uh, Ben on this are absolutely right. Okay. Ben Shapiro has, has a 247 IQ. He's a smart guy. And yet, on the North Korea summit, he completely missed the mark. Okay. The point of this wasn't so much that we were supposed to get a win from this first meeting. The point of the summit was that we were sitting down and talking with North Korea, that we were starting that dialogue, that we've been starting the that we started the first honest dialogue in over you know, forty years, thirty years. It's not going to be a victory right away. We know that. But the fact that Trump has been able to sit down with North Korea and have an honest talk, that is a victory in and in in an of itself, in my opinion. It might not be, uh, you know, a huge victory at the moment, but, um, you know, I, I think I think Shapiro, who again, you know, for the most part, I respect, but I think Ben has to give uh, Trump some credit for, you know, bringing uh, Kim to the table. That that's that's what I would pra- That's what I've been praising Trump for this week. Just that in and of itself is incredible, especially when you consider that during the election. Uh, The media was saying that, you know, Trump with all of his tweets, that we would be at war with North Korea, that we would be at war with Iran, that he would, you know, intensify ISIS, that we would, uh, you know, be at war with everyone. Well, in the first two years of his presidency, President Trump has pretty much eradicated ISIS, okay? We don't hear much about them anymore. They're still out there in cells, granted, but we're hunting them down. They're nowhere near as powerful as they were. We pulled out of the Iran deal, which was a horrible deal that should have never been made in the first place, okay? We pulled out of that and said, uh-uh, that's not happening, President Trump acknowledged Israel, acknowledged Jerusalem as the proper capital of Israel, and moved the embassy there officially, which no president has done when given the opportunity. Even George Bush, who was supposedly a staunch sort of ally, even even W. Bush missed that opportunity. Uh Reagan took that. Even t- even Glenn Beck, who was an avid ne- never Trumper. This is the this is the irony. Okay? I mentioned this a few like about a month or so ago on, on the podcast too. Right? Glenn Beck, who was basically a leader of the never Trump uh movement. Hey, thanks for popping in, John. Uh, thanks for tuning in for a bit. Uh, be, sure, be Come back later and, you know, try and finish this uh, if you can. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, Glenn Beck, who is pretty much the leader of the Never Trump uh, movement, acknowledged that Trump, you know, has been pretty much conservative on everything he's done so far. And Beck pretty much went from being never Trump to donning a MAGA hat on his show. So Glenn Beck went from being dead to me during the election, you know, to, to, to redeeming himself. Now, I would to say that Ben is dead to me. I I don't... He, he was saying that he was going to give Trump a fair chance. And I do want to acknowledge him that, you know, for the most part, I think he has... Given trump credit where credit is due but ben is moving backwards back into his old never trump uh ways because he doesn't he may be a smart guy but he fails to understand the significance of what the sit down with north korea means and if it and listen if it goes haywire Do you honestly think that Trump would just, you know, let us sit there with our proverbial dick in our hands and let Korea nuke us? No. If Korea does decide to go nuclear and try and attack us, well, you you damn well know Trump is going to to retaliate. You know, now, it it might not be pretty, but hell... You know, like I said, for the past 30 years, that was the general policy, you know, was that we were just going to have to wait for them to, uh, you know, nuke us anyway uh, pretty close. Uh, so, like I said, Shapiro is a smart guy, but, uh you know, I think that's the big issue that people have with him. Now, I, I do want to play the rest of this clip before we uh continue on because i think i think shapiro does say that he'll he's cautiously optimistic here so uh let's let's continue shall we
1: possible that all of this ends well, right? It's quite possible that President Trump has negotiated something that's great with Kim Jong-un. But that's not evident from what we see in front of us right now. The deal they actually signed is a very weak deal. It's actually a weaker deal than the deal that was signed in 2005. And we have decades of North Korea lying about its intent to denuclearize. So before everybody jumps over the moon and celebrates, I think it's worthwhile noting that Kim Jong-un and his family are liars. They are dictators. They are murderers. They are genocidal against their own people. And treating this...
0: Okay. What Ben says about the Kims being liars, again, that's true for mom and dad, for uh, dad and, you know, grandpa, but that's not evidently true, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, the new generation. Like I said, I'm not saying that this kid is a saint, I don't know yet, but, uh, you know, I'm at least willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to see if he is. And like I said, Trump is not stupid like the number Trump movement thinks he is. He's got a handle on this guy.
1: Some sort of great win because we sat down with a country that frankly is being run by a bunch of thugs. Uh, I, I I failed to see how that's a huge win.
2: But is there value though in the fact that they do have nuclear weapons and There was all this talk between the two sides, fire and fury. Is there value that we're maybe now
1: talking to each other and diplomacy is happening and and there's less of a threat of nuclear war? So I'm happy with low-level diplomacy, but having the president of the United States travel over to Singapore and have high-level talks with the head of a nuclear-armed terrorist state, uh, it it grants an an enormous amount of legitimacy to Kim Jong-un. I mean, Kim Jong-un was treated as a celebrity there. The president of the United States has now put out a video on his Twitter account that shows him basically celebrating having met with this guy. I I don't see why that's anything useful. Again, I'm happy to have...
0: Okay, why don't we we want to legitimize... Kim Jong-un again I get the fact that Korea may be dangerous but again everything that Shapiro and the Never Trump uh, movement has basically said about Kim Jong-un they're they're basing that based on the past of his father and grandfather and this this is why you know like I said Shapiro's Shapiro's a bright guy OK, but but sometimes I, I know people who are so smart. And they have such a high intellect and Shapiro is one of them that they miss. They're so smart that they overthink things like ladies and gentlemen, they have such an they have such a high intellect that they tend to over intellectualize things, and they they tend to overthink things when, you know, sometimes the easiest you know the simplest explanation is usually the one right in front of them. So uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, Brian's right. Legitimizing this guy is a, is a solid uh, move. He has he has fucking nukes. Yeah, I mean, and again, we'll get to uh, you know other Never Trumpers like Jonah Goldberg, who uh, you know quite frankly. He, he is dead to me. And the Nash, the whole team at National Review, with the exception of a few writers over there, uh, you know, No, well, let's be serious, no one reads National Review anymore. Uh, their whole take on this thing is completely wacko. And so, I hope that... Uh, you know Shapiro does continue giving Trump the benefit of the doubt somewhat. I'm hoping he, re- I'm I'm hoping that he's uh, wrong, and I'm hoping he he admits that he's wrong about this too. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Gay makes an interesting point too. He says I agree, but for a slightly different reason. Legitimizing him is what he wants. It makes him happy. Then we get what then what we want gets cheaper again and uh right Gabe is right and uh again what is Trump most famous for? he is most famous for the art of the deal and that is what Trump is doing right now he is negotiating he is using the art the art of the deal with Kim Jong-un and hopefully things will pan out I mean the, the other thing that someone brought up to, up to me um, this week on Twitter is do you honestly... Now, this was... I can't remember who tweeted this at me, but uh, whoever this was basically tweeted at me and said, for those people who think that Kim Jong-un is downright evil... If he really hated America so much, then why is he obsessed with American, you know, basketball and uh, American fast food? I, I guess there was a whole, I guess one of the portions of the uh, talks in North Korea. Eh, I don't, I know, I don't. Here, let me, let me change the, the camera view. Uh, I, As much as I admire Ben Shapiro, I, I, I don't think, uh, there we go. I don't think I need to be staring at his uh, face frozen in, in that position for much uh, for that long. But, uh, like I said, at any rate, Kim Jong-un, basically, he, he's basically said the two that he wants to put a McDonald's um, in North Korea. Now, as, as far as that goes, I think if, I think if you want a, uh, I think if you want to put fast food in, uh, and I, I wish that DJ, I, I wish that John were still here in the, in the chat to comment on this because, uh, you know, if, if anything, we should, uh, we should, Trump should send John Neary over to North Korea to be the, to be the fast food, uh, ambassador over there. And, uh, you know, help Kim jong decide what, uh, fast food re- restaurant re- chain should be put in, uh, Korea. Because, uh, you know, I, I certainly think that McDonald's is kind of the, it's kind of the low, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a low offer. I, I personally think that, uh, Kim should start by demanding, a. Shake Shack, and then work his way, uh, down from there, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll end up with, uh, Wendy's, or something like, like that, I, I think, I think that is definitely more, uh, plausible at, at at this point, yeah, don't, my, my advice to, to Kim Jong-un is, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't go for McDonald's right away. Uh, negotiate for something a, a little higher up. I, I think, I think your pe- your people would actually uh, appreciate you for that. Um, you know. I mean, M- McDonald's is a step up from the the gulags and whatnot that your father locked them up in, but uh, it's not much of one. Uh, okay, all joking aside, though, I do think that it's a pretty good uh, start. Well, yeah, MJF also also brings up Steak and Shake. Yeah, st- Steak and Shake would also be a comparable option. But, uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sierra does bring up a good point. That would be pretty symbolic. McDonald's is pretty symbolic of capitalism. Yeah, that that's a good point, Zero. I'm just saying that, you know, if Kim wants fast food, you know, he should go for a little higher quality than than just Mickey D's, but that's just my opinion. Um at any anyway, rate though, to say that Trump is never is uh Neville Chamberlain, like so many of the never Trumpers have is uh you know this is when I really started to roll my eyes and uh you know at publications like National Review. And this is why I'm so glad that Trump got the nomination as well as to someone like Mitt Romney or God forbid Jeb Bush. So this uh this article is from Jonah Goldberg um, who is, who's editor at large at National Review, and now, I mean, basically, he's the only one who puts anything out regularly over there, and like I said, he's kind of, to me right now, but, you know, what they say, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, so, uh, you know, let's go ahead and dive in. I think this uh, article is pretty laughable. I'll have it linked in the show notes too, so those of you who want to read this uh, can, but honestly, I think, you know, you're better just watching me uh, read it for you. So, Trump. So, Goldberg starts off basically by comparing Trump to Chamberlain based on his tweets. So he writes. President Trump is tre- is tweeting up a storm this morning on the topic of how he's brought us peace in our time. Uh, Okay, then he's reading the Trump tweets. Just landed a long trip, but everyone now can feel much safer than the day took office. There's no longer North. There's no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. Meeting with Kim Jong Un was interesting and a very positive experience. North Korea has great potential for the future okay now right there trump didn't say that things were you know smooth sailing from there he said that north Korea has great potential for the future so like i said right there trump isn't stupid he's saying that we have potential he knows that this is just the star and that it's not official okay uh, okay, next tweet from Trump that Goldberg cites. Before taking office, people were su- assuming that we were going to war with North Korea. President Obama said that North Korea was our biggest and most dangerous problem. No longer. Sleep well tonight. Okay, that's the second tweet that Goldberg cites. Okay, third. We save a fortune by not doing war games, as long as we are negotiating and good faith which both sides are okay okay on to uh goldberg's article there are so many points one could dial in. on the quote-unquote deal we struck is less concrete and detailed than the previous de- deals we cut with north Korea. yeah which no one talks about anymore so that really doesn't they don't really matter anyway it contains fewer assurances and binding guarantees than the Iran deal, which again was crappy, and it fell through. Though Trump does have a point when he says, at least we are not giving North Korea $150 billion. These tweets contradict Trump's own statements about the work that still needs to be done and so on. But the interesting question for me is whether or not "Quote unquote, there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. On the most basic level, this is pure balderdash. What I know, facts on the ground have changed from the day before the summit. the The Norks, okay, I guess the North Korean, the the Norks have the same missiles, the same warheads, the same capacity to do what they wish." There has not been a single relevant or meaningful de-escalation on the ground, or under it. Uh, okay. But politically, is it true that the nuclear threat has been eliminated? After all, France and Great Britain have nukes, and there's no threat there, because what matters is the nature of the intent and the regime, not the technical capability. Nukes don't nuke people, people nuke people, and all of that. It seems pretty clear to me that at least for the next six months, which will conveniently get us through the midterms, the threat of confrontation with North Korea has lessened. But beyond that, it seems to me that war is probably on net or more likely than it was before. Okay, again, Goldberg assumes... Quite a lot here, ladies and gentlemen, without actually being in the room. Okay. Uh, I, I wonder if North Koreans would would like for us. Well, um, Brian, you know that's that's a that's a good question. Uh, you know, when the the next time President Trump uh, sits. Down with, uh, you know, Kim. Maybe, maybe you could write to the White House and ask Trump to ask Kim that question. Dear President Trump, pre- please ask uh, you know Kim if he likes bratwurst. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Brian. Brian is always good at breaking up the uh, tension of some of these never-Trump articles. Okay. Mm. Back to uh, Mr. Hardass columnist here, though. If you take it as a given that the North Koreans will not get rid of the nuclear program, at least not based on anything that happened in some old Singapore, then disappointment is anger. Then disappointment and anger is inevitable. Again, this time may be different. But only a new variable on the American side is Trump's uh, stupid papa (laughs) up up ads. But the only new variable on the American side is Trump's personal charisma, his unseemly praise of a murderer, and the whole spectacle of the Senate. On the North Korean side, Kim Jong is a somewhat new figure. But that's a scant, but there's scant reason to believe that he wants to take up Trump's suggestion and trades, and trade his nukes for beachside condos on the North Korean coast. Kim left Singapore with many wins. America's remained to be realized. Okay. Uh Comparisons to Munich fall apart in all sorts of ways, but there's still some connective tissue between Chamberlain's peace in our time pronouncement and Trump's the threat is over, over tweets. The most obvious is that both men were wrong. Chamberlain didn't buy peace in our time, and Trump has no way eliminated the threat th- on the Korean peninsula. More relevant, though, Munich ultimately made the more ultimately made war more likely, not less. Why? Because by giving Hitler the benefit of the doubt in exchange for promises he never intended to honor, it made Hitler's subsequent aggressions all the more clarifying. The West felt like it could have gone the last mile for diplomacy. And there were uh, no options left. Okay, see, folks, that is the argument from never, from the never Trump side on this, from the never Trump Republicans. That really, uh, it's it's. Well, quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's why National Review is, quite honestly, toilet paper these days. You can't make the comparison between Kim Jong-un and Adolf Hitler at Munich for multiple reasons. A North Korea hasn't actually attacked any country or nation outside of their own. They've tested nukes, yes. But they haven't actually attacked another country. Okay, the whole meeting with Hitler at Nuremberg was them trying to take back territories after World War One, you know, and attacking an agreed country that was supposed to be neutral. That was the whole deal with Hitler. Kim hasn't attacked any, anyone yet. So, to make that a comparison to Hitler is asinine. Um, you know, and that's pretty much the premise that the Never Trumpers here are trying to work off of. You know, which again, that that right there, I, I could end I could end the article right there and and say that that's why this entire uh, you know piece is garbage. Okay. Uh, let's see. As Eric Vaughn, uh, yeah. As Eric Von Something, John O'Sullivan, uh, Nick Bauman, and others have argued, there's another case that is commonly acknowledged in defense of uh, Neville Chamberlain's appeasement of Hitler. Britain and France were not ready to intervene on behalf of Czechoslovakia. They needed time to rearm, etc. A similar case can be made here. America is real is war-weary. The last thing South Koreans want is, war and the government is full of uh, peaceniks. Going the last mile for diplomacy makes no sense, even though I would have liked a very diplomatic kind of overture. What concerns me is Trump has personalized this. He's basing his peace on our time tweets on his personal relationship with a rotund psychopath and egomaniac. And his gut instinct that a proven liar is acting in good faith if, when the North Koreans demonstrate their bad faith and determination to keep their nuclear program. It will be a personal embarrassment and hum- hum- humiliation of Trump himself. How will he react to that? Okay, so again, this is classic never-Trump... Uh, you know uh, debauchery from from the never Trump conservative movement okay well Trump's not actually a true conservative this isn't how we would do it uh, you know Trump's a narcissist he tweets too much by the way that that that's always I, I brought this up during the election um, and at the at the early part of Uh, Trump's presidency, but have you ever noticed, ladies and gentlemen, that the Never Trump conservative uh, contingency? I even hate to call them conservatives anymore because, well, they're not. Honestly, if you want my opinion, they are. They are the same as the hardcore left, uh, refusing to support uh, Trump, refusing to uh, to acknowledge him when he does a good job. Again, I, I exempt Shapiro from some of that because he has acknowledged. Trump, but for, I'm talking about people like uh, Jonah Goldberg and Jay Nord, Nordlinger of uh, National Review and same of Bill Kristol from the Weekly Standard. All these Never Trumpers say, oh, Trump's an egomaniac. He tweets too much. Uh, you know, he, he's a narcissist and an egomaniac. Okay? Granted, Trump can act like an egomaniac yeah, I don't like all, all all of his tweets either. but as far as his policy goes, okay again, this is a man who has named Jerusalem the uh, you know official capital of Israel and who who moved our embassy to Jerusalem officially. This is a man who has, you know through, commanding the military has successfully defeated ISIS, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. This is a man who pulled us out of the Iran deal. This is also a man who on the domestic front side of things, has brought black unemployment down to a, down to percent, which is a historic all-time low. This is a man who symbolically pardoned, uh, Jack Johnson, the first African-American heavyweight boxing champion uh, for who was wrongfully convicted uh, under Jim Crow laws and sentenced to life in prison. He died in prison. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Noah the President symbolically uh, pardoned him. Not even Barack Obama when he had the chance. And, uh, you know, yet... Trump did that. He just pardoned that, he just pardoned that woman who was wrongfully imprisoned 20 years ago. The, the economy is good for the most part. He's very conservative. He, he's, he's appointed the most conservative Supreme Court justice nominees. So again, to Ben Shapiro, to, uh, you know, to Jay Norton, Norton learner, and to Joe Jonah Goldberg, to Bill Kristol and to any of these other never-Trump conservatives, I get that he's not the ideal image of what you want in a conservative. He wasn't the ideal candidate. He wasn't the ideal vision of what I wanted either. But he's surprisingly... He, he's surprised me damn well. He, he may be... He is certainly the most conservative president in my lifetime. I would say, based on what my stepfather has told me, that he is probably the second most conservative president to Ronald Reagan. And maybe he's on equal par in terms of the presidency with Reagan. So, for those conservatives who are still, quote-unquote, you know, dismissive of Trump... I just don't understand you guys anymore. I never have, and I certainly never, never will. And by all means, you're welcome to come on my program and, uh, you know, debate me and tell me what an idiot I am and, you know, try and be snobby and posh and whatnot. But the reality is is that most, um, you know, most conservatives, even the ones who are wrong like, who, you know, who, uh, you know, were skeptical, like, Glenn Beck, and, you know, I'll include myself in that. I, I was initially skeptical. I was relieved that Hillary lost. That was the reason why I voted for Trump. It wasn't so much I was a big fan of Trump. It was that I voted against Hillary. I was cautiously optimistic of Trump, and yet, you know, in the first two years, as Brian just said in the comment. He is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, same here, here, Brian. He is, a, he is exactly what I wanted, too. And I've been pleasantly surprised. So, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, that is why Donald Trump is winning. In fact, it's not just my opinion. As I stated, it is proven fact that Donald Trump is winning. I, I was really tempted to name this uh, episode Donald Trump Wins the World Series. Because that would kind of be our takeoff on uh, John. Near wins the World Series, but I, I figured the uh, Danger Zone outsiders they might not catch the uh, the reference to that joke. So instead, I just decided to put that. do President Trump is winning because he is, and this is another victory. All right, folks, and uh, we're coming up on uh, almost. Uh, well, 45 minutes. We're coming up on... At this point... Uh, let's see. An hour and 15 minutes. So, that is pretty... Damn good. Uh, unless the... Uh, people in the chat... I, I usually like to uh, open up the... End of the show. Uh, to kind of do open line comments. Were there any... Uh, topics politically or culturally or otherwise that, uh, you know, basically the end of the show is basically open to any, uh, comments, anything that you think should be addressed, uh, feel free to, uh, type in the, the chat. Uh, so basically this is open line now, uh, You know, and if we don't get anything, I'll wrap up the show, and we'll call it a night. So, uh, yeah, basically, though, uh, Trump is doing everything that he said he would and more, so, uh, also, friendly reminder, reminder that we also have the, uh, the Danger Zone channel, which you can subscribe to, uh, okay. Oh, Manafort and cohen That's, uh... That's right. I, uh... Now I've, I've heard a little bit about that, but I guess supposedly... Uh... Let's see. Um uh, Manafort is, uh... Well, is... Is he supposedly going to testify it? Against Trump, I don't really pay attention much to the Mueller investigation because, uh, in my book, at this point, it's it's complete crap. do Do any do any of you guys have uh you know anything? I know the MJF said that they're uh, you know that the rich are building bunkers. That's really no surprise either. the The rich have been building uh, bunkers for decades at this point you know for conflicts yeah another reason why i hope uh you know trumps deal with the koreans work work out so okay i will say the one thing about manafort and uh let's see yeah i knew manafort was in in jail listen Muller isn't going to find anything. He, he's he's tenacious, but Trump is clean. Uh, the Dems have to be tearing their hair right right now because the Mueller investigation isn't. They're not finding anything legitimate. And this is this is what this is what is also great about North Korea and about the whole thing with Israel and everything else. Trump is kicking ass and making the. Uh, you know, the Mueller investigation team look like a bunch of morons. Uh, it's great. I love it. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, Brian says, Manafort is in jail and the FBI put together, uh, shredded documents from, uh, Cohen's house. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, uh... Oh, so that's what that headline headline was about. So, I, uh... Now, I, I, I did read something briefly on on the drug report I. the other day. I guess an FBI agent has admitted... Uh... That he was in on some collusion to try and sabotage... Uh... Trump from winning the White House. Well, yeah, Josh. Trump. Trump is a germaphobe. Definitely clean. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that Trump is is a is a germaphobe, because uh, you know well, let's look at Trump as a, as a man, real quick, right? Successful businessman he took a small loan from his father of a of billion dollars, which is actually not that much by billionaire standards. He took a small loan and tripled that. Yeah, he had some bankruptcy. He had some failed businesses. Every entrepreneur uh does at, you know, one point or another. Not all business ventures are going to be successful. But, uh, You know, Trump tripled his dad's income, became a billionaire, became a—he turned his family's, you know, company into an all-American brand, basically, you know, on uh, multiple levels of franchising and, you know, marketing, television, books, clothing, uh, you know, food, restaurants, uh, obviously the real estate empire. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's had affairs with women. That's, you know, that's undeniable. They've all been consensual. Uh, his, his one vice seems to be women. He doesn't, uh, drink alcohol. I I actually just learned that recently. Uh, I did not know this, but apparently it's common knowledge that he doesn't um, he doesn't drink alcohol, and uh, neither do Don Jr. or Eric. Uh, apparently, like neither of his sons drink alcohol. I, I I think Ivanka does, but even she drinks in in moderation. So uh, I think it was Dennis Miller who made the comment this week on his podcast that really uh, you know because. Uh, because Trump doesn't drink, like his, his one equivalency to that, I guess, is uh, tweeting random stuff on Twitter, and you know, what li- as he put it, Trump likes to light assholes up on Twitter before bed. You know that that's kind of his uh nightcap, so to speak. Uh, which uh, you know, that's a. You know, if if that's his only vice, good for him. Uh, okay. He also has to be ridiculous... in ridiculously good health to carry out the schedule he's been on for the last four years. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, early on in his... early on in the campaign... Back when uh, Hillary Clinton had her health scare, she was trying to say, "Well, Trump is sick too. Uh, You know, he's not healthy." (laughs) Trump Trump released his medical records, and turned out he was like, you know, in peak health for a sixty-nine slash seventy-year-old man. You know, he's which uh, you know, obviously, when you're seventy years old things are gonna start falling apart naturally, but I guess for his age, uh Trump is like in peak health, which which is amazing considering fast food. Uh he likes he likes uh two scoops of ice cream before bed. Uh now Brian, here's the question you should ask. Instead of asking if Kim likes bratwurst, you should just ask President Trump Dear dear POTUS do you like bratwurst? I, I I bet he does. In fact, in fact, if, if I remember correctly, when I was in, in New York City at at Trump Tower, which is where I got uh, this lovely cap, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that the Trump grill, if I'm not mistaken, I, I didn't, I didn't eat that. I was only in the... I was only in Trump Tower for like 15 minutes. But I'm pretty sure I smelled bratwurst coming from the Trump Tower grill. So, I'm not sure if Trump likes bratwurst, but I'm pretty sure that Trump Tower makes uh, makes bratwurst. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josh... Joshua Rogers also says he, he takes, he uses two hands to make, to, uh, drink water. Uh, well, Josh, he's a better man than I am in terms of that. I just, uh, you know, I just, whenever I drink water, I just, you know, take the whole eight out, gl- eight out, eight out, eight out uh, glass with one hand and, uh, you know, pour it back and, I, I've been told I drink water too fast. And, uh, I don't drink... I don't drink enough water too. That That's something that... That's something that John has actually texted me about that. That you should... That you... That I need to drink more water. And you know what? He's right. Especially now that it's summer. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, um... You know. Make... Bratwurst makes America great again. Well, we, well, no, Josh, the thing of it is, we need to make, we need to make Bratwurst great great again first. I actually like Bratwurst. But, uh, you know, anyway. And, uh, while I'm I'm mentioning that, if you like food-related, uh, you know, things, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, right here. At the on the bottom uh, left of the of the little bar, that's my uh, Instagram handle. For those of you listening on the audio podcast, that my handle is at some at underscore ngc uh, on Instagram. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter using that same handle. Um, yeah. Hot dogs will resettle the West. Eh... Depends on what quality they are. I... I like real... I like real hot dogs. So. Yeah, I, I like this hat too. Although, uh... You know, I I, I... I regret to say, I may need to get a new one. The, uh... The inside of my bill here actually is... It's, uh... Becoming a bit discolored because of... Well, because it's summer. I wear this during the summer and I sweat a lot. Uh... Maybe I'll get the red one, but I'm not sure, so, yeah, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm the same way, I'm the same way on Instagram, Brian, so, but, uh, anyway, we're at 10 likes and, uh, 10 viewers and we're almost at 30 minutes, so, we're almost at an hour and 30 minutes, Uh, so I think that's pretty good for, uh, you know, tonight. And, uh, so like I said, what, what did we learn this week? Well, we learned that Trump is using the art of the deal, uh, to skillfully negotiate with the North Koreans. We also learned this week that, uh, you know, unfortunately my hopes for, uh, Ben Shapiro finally turning a a corner um, you know, maybe a little, I may have, you know, given Shapiro too much credit, uh, on that, but, you know, I'm still holding out faith, Ben, you're a smart guy, I want you to come around, I know you can, I know that you're, uh, you're, I know that you mentor, uh, Breitbart would have done, so, um, let's see, um, we also, we learned that, uh, Yet again, more confirmation that National Review is toilet paper. And we also learned, as Brian points out, that Trump has a big old dong. So, and, uh, you know, those were all valuable lessons we learned this week. So, like I said, be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've not already. Uh, in which case, if you're watching live, I don't know why you haven't already. Uh, please like, you know, share comment, and subscribe, and, uh, you know, as, as I've mentioned before, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you're listening to the audio podcasts, uh, please go ahead and search the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, uh, to the audio podcast. give us a, give us a, uh, rating and a review over there, that would really help us, uh, get on iTunes, and please, Help us move up on the charts a little bit and uh, get more recognition. So uh, anyway, folks, from all of us here at NGC TV studios, uh, good night. God bless. God save this great nation. And uh, be sure to check out the Danger Zone as well. And uh, from all of us here at NGC studios, have a good night. God bless. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the uh, dads out there. Make fatherhood great again, and uh, this is Sam Whitfield, the most savage man on two wheels, rolling out of here. Good night, and God bless.